Hello and welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Got my um, generous pour. Oh yeah, you're drinking oh, a here, little let's wine. Cheer, let's cheers. 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 Clinkies. Mm-hmm. Oh, what yeah, am I drinking? Good. You know, it, um, I what tried to do a little brandy mixed with Viking blood. <laughs> oh my God. So it, it, just so everyone knows, Mary cannot ever leave like good enough alone. I like to mix. She never takes anything I'm a out of a bottle and just drinks it the way it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like last night, she wanted some rum chata, which you can buy that at the store. It just comes already pre-mixed rum chata. It's really, really and good. And I added rum to it. Yeah, you were like watering it down with rum. <laughs> so you've got Viking blood. Well, and- you know what? Here's mm-hmm. my story about Viking blood. I went to pour mm-hmm. a little of the Viking blood in. Okay. It was empty, but put back. Somebody had finished it, and then put it back on the shelf. I'm guessing it wasn't one of your children. No, I think I finished it, but maybe I thought the bottle was cool, so I kept it. Oh, well, I just put it in the recycling bin. (laughs) Well, guess we're not keeping it. Well, we could get more. We will get more. Okay. Do you want to keep the bottle? Uh, You know, they're pretty cool. They're really thick. The glass is really thick. It's kind of fun. It's a thick bottle. We should tell John to buy us some more. He bought us that one last time, remember? We can just actually go get it. Well, okay. <laughs> Fine. Should we ask our Patreon subscribers to get us a bottle of Viking blood? Yeah, yeah. If you guys could just send us a yeah, bottle. Yeah, send us a bottle. would be great. Um, the liquor store is right down the street. We can just go get it. <laughs> That's true. Oh, speaking of Patreon, we should give a little shout out to our supporters. Who do we have today, Allow shall me. We? Okay. We had a great week of new patrons. Again, thank you so much. It allows us. I just want to tell them what we kind of do with the with the support, with the, um, what they've been with called, the, offerings? No. With the, the tithes. Fun, the funding. The, the, the tithing, tithing of the patron, patrons. Currently, we use the money to pay for editing because Mary has been working herself almost into her grave Editing. I need a vacation. Yeah, so we are now paying an editor who does the bulk of the editing, and then Mary comes behind and cleans I do it all up. Special effects, she does special effects. So, thank you for supporting us, and it really does allow us to continue doing what we're doing. And while we're giving thanks, we should thank Dan at Extension Audio. Yes, thank you, Couldn't Dan. Do it without you, buddy. Couldn't. So, patreon.com slash Latterday Lesbian. You can go check it out. See what and we, we got do. these new mics that Dan recommended we get, and I think and that they're was amazing. A- Smart decision, because we've only been through like 25 mics, I think. Yeah, yeah, at least. Okay. Who do we have? Let's thank people. Kelsey C. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much. Karen M. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks. Leslie R. I knew her in high school. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Uh, Laura E. I don't know if it's Laura or Laura. You know, sometimes the Laura, Laura, Laura. Yeah. It's L-A-R-A. Oh, that so, could be Lara. Okay. I don't know. E. You can tell us mm-hmm. how you pronounce it, and we can do it again if we did it wrong. That's true. Here's an easier one. Anne W. I don't think that's the same Anne who we roasted on <laughs> last week's episode. Not. I'm guessing. Uh, finally, Nadia D. So thank you. Thanks, everybody. So much. Yeah, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? I want to talk about our dinner last night. Oh, okay. Can I talk about it? Sure. We created this new recipe, which is amazing. It's called tangy pork chops. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> mm. huh. Can I talk about it? Sure. Here's how you make tangy pork chops. You buy pork chops on super sale. <laughs> you put them in your fridge and you forget that they're there. 
And then you're like, shit, we got to use these pork chops. When's the expiration date? Uh, just a few days ago. We're good. <laughs> just a few days ago. <laughs> so you get the pork chops out. You take them out of the package and you rinse them because they look a little gooey on top. <laughs> <laughs> and then you smell them and you decide, I mean, do they, they smell kind of off? And you go back and forth going, nah, I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. Okay, whatever. And so you just go ahead and cook them. And you eat them and you're, you don't get sick, thankfully, afterwards. Yes, yes. But as you eat case. them, you're like, does this have kind of a weird tang? <laughs> and then you just say, well, no, these are tangy chops. <laughs> not afraid. We marinated them in lemon juice. Not mm-hmm. really. How many people are turning vegetarian or vegan right after this conversation? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could um, digest the beans. Sorry, that's a little TMI. They don't sit well we'll with me. Go ahead and me. cut that out. <laughs> we'll cut that Are we? Out. No. I think. I think we're leaving it in. Okay, it's staying. <laughs> um, oh, but the good part about tangy pork chop recipe was the colcannon that we made. Oh, that's true. Because we got this. Um, I don't know. We get these like veggie baskets every couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, they're called imperfect produce. Thank you, Natasha, for posting about that on Facebook. Oh yeah, so we I got get the idea. Imperfect produce, and mm-hmm. you know it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's not. They just look a little weird. Not really. Like the okay, so the pears had a couple extra, I don't know, blemishes, but they're they're pears for goodness' sake. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything else was funky. <laughs> anyway, we got cabbage, we got the Napa cabbage, and we made and potatoes, and so we made Colcannon, and then which is um, kind of an Irish mashed potato dish where you just throw in the cabbage with it. We also got carrots in that basket, so I added some steamed carrots and also some spinach. Made it real healthy. Basically, you just mash the shit out of all your vegetables, <laughs> and then you eat it, and you give it a fancy word. What is the word again? Colcannon. Colcannon. What's <laughs> that? Uh, you know, the Irish getting creative with cabbage and potatoes, because you know there was a lot of cabbage and Wait, potatoes going on. is it on. creativity, or is it like, oh my God, we have all these weird vegetables. What should we do with them? Put them all together. Call it something. We did that. So, so it was mm-hmm. colcannon and... and Tangy chops. And tangy chops. The recipe book will be hitting the bookstores. (laughs) Should we we do a recipe segment now? Hell yes. (laughs) Tangy chops and coke. All of our time to clear out the refrigerator. And this is what we get. (laughs) Although most of the food that we have is is actually really good. No, you're a fantastic cook and I appreciate that. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. My baby cooks for me. Like a good woman should. That's right, little lady. Wait, that's right, little lady. Oh, I had to lower my voice a little bit. Get in the kitchen. Okay, but you are a sous chef. Yeah, I do. It's not I like do. you're just, Look, you know. I can cook, but I cooked for a gazillion years for a gazillion kids, and I got a little burnt out, I'm not going to lie. I know. You're not completely off the hook. No, though. I still cook. You help out. I do, for sure. I just can come up with stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we have this, this, and this. Let's make cold cannon or Let's whatever. see. We've got random veggies and some rotten pork. Let's do it. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder nobody wants to come over to eat at our house. That is okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. Where are we? What was your week like? Did you do anything fun? Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> oh, but I did start writing a story for Sleepy Shorts. Oh, yeah. So we had... Which I'm excited about. We had a listener named Mary... Uh, not me? Nope, not you. That would be weird. <laughs> Although I do listen. You do listen. But Mary posted on one of our pages about how she admits this, that she listens to our podcast at night and she falls asleep listening because our voices are so soothing. And she said, maybe you could record bedtime stories. Well, and we I, are one I step said, well, ahead of you, lucky, Mary. Lucky you, Mary, because <laughs> my Mary is doing just that little side project. 
It is. It's a slow, it's a slow uh, grower. Grower, not a shower. <laughs> it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, huh? <laughs> There's so many things wrong, and not just that. Yeah. For the parents. Yeah, that probably this entire episode. Let's see. Um, we slam Mormonism on a regular basis. Sorry, mom and dad. Sorry, not sorry. We drink. Oh, yeah. Not sorry. <laughs> we swear. We swear. Not sorry. We might kiss. Oh. So not sorry. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I know how you feel about that. She never complains. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So it's time? Yeah. It's time for that segment called the Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day. Cue music. It's the Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day. The Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day is hold to the rod. Hold. <laughs> More specifically, the iron rod, but hold to the rod and go. Hold to the rod. Okay, so, sorry, I'm going to get a little sexual. <laughs> I'm guessing Shelly didn't hold to the rod all that well. Well, for 21 years, <laughs> but it didn't last. But I don't bump. Hold to the rod. Uh, there are scriptures that talk about thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me, right? Isn't that the right scripture? And I'm thinking this isn't very comforting, whatever this is. It just feels like another one of those Mormon things where as long as you hold to the rod of Mormonism, you'll be on the straight and narrow and living your life right. Mm-hmm. Did I get right? I mean, somewhat. It's kind of right? The iron rod. What rhymes with rod? God. Yes. <laughs> Jeez, the iron rod is the word of God. Oh, God. And there's it, a song. Well, okay, that makes a lot of sense because they got to have something that rhymes with God. <laughs> Might as well be rod. <laughs> Might as well be rod. What else could it be? Cod. Hold the cod. <laughs> I like that better. There's not a lot of words that rhyme. Mm-mm. Okay, so what is what is the rod? Is it just God? It's the word of God. The word Listen, of God. Listen, there's a song. Everything has a song. So the rod that you're supposed to hold on to is actually the word of God. So like the Bible. Or the Book of Mormon or something. Or the words of the prophet, because Mormons the be cray-cray. of the prophet, whose name is Rod. Mm-hmm. His name is Rodney. Who's, they, they, the prophets speak for God, so you can hold on to the prophet's words. But <sighs> there's a song. Do, do we have anyone to credit for this phrase, by oh, the way? Oh, we do. Mina C. from Reddit. And I'm sure probably someone else sent that in, too. It's a pretty common phrase, but... Thanks, um, Mina. Thank you, Mina. Keep them coming. All right, you want some lyrics to a song? It's called The it. Iron Rod. All right. Do it. To Nephi, seer of olden time, a vision came from God, wherein the holy word sublime was shown an iron rod. Nephi is who again? Oh, that's right. You haven't read the Book of Mormon. No, it's on my t- it's on my reading list. Isn't so it, didn't ne- it make the top 10 in Oprah's book club? I think? Mm, no? No. Okay. So there was Lehi, who was the dad. And he was, of course, super righteous. And his wife was Sarah or Sariah or something. And, and, and of course, the woman was like always questioning and didn't have enough faith. Oh, of course. And there was the son, Nephi, who was the youngest son, who was always completely obedient. And he had two older brothers, Laman and Lemuel, who were supposedly the bad guys. Laman and Lemon, Lemuel. Lemuel. But Nephi Lemuel. was kind of like a self-righteous little prick, if you're asking me. Okay. So anyway, that was Nephi, seer of olden time. Here's the chorus. Should I sing it? Sure. <clears throat> Let me go down an octave. I won't go down too low. Now I feel like everyone's watching and listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a podcast. Let me have another drink. Hold on. Hold up. I feel like I'm Get performing. some liquid courage mm-hmm. in you. Should we do um, praise to the man just to warm up? Nope. Praise to oh, the my man God. who communes with Jehovah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel more brave now. Okay. Do you? Because I did opera. Pull to the rod, the iron rod. Tis strong and bright and true. Oh, the iron rod is the word of God. Duh. Twill safely guide us through. Those of you listening, Mormons, did you always want to see like how long they would hold that pause between the third and fourth verse of the chorus? I did. I know. I was on pins and needles. <laughs> All right. The next verse is, while on our journey here below, beneath temptation's power, through mists of darkness, we must go in peril every hour. And then we're reminded, of course, to hold to the rod, the iron rod. Better hold on to that hold rod. On. Another one. Did no one think this was sexual? I mean, I do. <laughs> did. Didn't anyone like snicker in the um, behind their hymnals? I'm sure there were a lot of like teenage boys snickering behind their <laughs> yeah. hymnals. All right. Wow. And when temptation's powers nigh, our pathway clouded o'er upon the rod, we can rely. <laughs> <laughs> and heaven's aid implore. And then chorus. Hold to the rod, the okay. iron rod. I'm going to read you this next verse and you need to not laugh. It's very, it's very serious. <laughs> okay. And hand over hand the rod along. The rod along? What? Mm-hmm. The rod long? Along. <laughs> Elongated? Hand over hand on the rod is what it's saying. Elongated. <laughs> <laughs> Hold, wait, hand over hand. The, the rod. Okay, I'm not going to pause. <laughs> and hand over hand the rod along through each succeeding day with earnest prayer and hopeful song. We'll still pursue our way. <laughs> that is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Well, there's one more verse. <laughs> okay, here we go. Afar we see the golden rest to which the rod will guide, where with the angels bright and blessed forever <laughs> we'll abide. Hold to the rod, the iron rod, tis strong and bright and true. The iron rod is the word of God. God. I'm pausing. Twill safely guide us through. Okay, that was a treat. Thank you. I'm going to do a little golf clap for golf that. Golf clap. We mm-hmm. could probably do a lot of episodes just on Mormon hymns. Ridiculous Mormon hymns. Because mm-hmm. there's some ridiculous, what, like follow the prophet. Hello. Yeah. Oh, and if you are tempted to send a phrase of the day, which we encourage, if they're regular Christian expressions, we've had a couple like um, still small voice. I'm going to guess that one. That's a regular, like a quote from the Bible. Yeah, you got to go straight up Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to know the Bible stuff more than likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you were raised. I was raised a crazy Christian. And yeah. we keep getting messages where people want to hear more about Mary's story. So raise your hand if you want to hear more about Mary's story. Okay. You have a story. Um, along those lines, we had an email from a listener who wanted to hear more about my faith crisis story. And I don't have the email handy, but I will find it and give you credit next week um, because we appreciate all those emails. But somebody wanted to hear another story about like a faith crisis for me. And I have one handy. Should I tell it? I would love for you to tell it. Okay. So pretty much later high school, I was kind of over the church and figuring out that I was gay like my senior year. Went to college, had fun at college, party, did the whole thing, didn't really go to church. And then, as I've said before, when I got when I graduated, I decided to give this, the church one more shot. And I was in Bible study. I went to like my mom. It was my mom's church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. But anyway, I gave it one more shot. And through this process, I gosh, this is kind of a crazy story. But I got 
mixed up with this college group. I just graduated, but I was with this other college group of, of students that were like, I think they were Methodist affiliated, not that it really mattered, but they planned to do this mission trip to Mexico. Okay. And this type of trip was not to like knock on doors and convert people. That's not the point of this trip at all. The point of the trip was to raise funds for a tile floor and new pews for this church because they were sitting on like these nasty benches and they had a dirt floor. I mean, this Mm. is like rural, rural, poor Mexico. And so we raised money to be able to afford these materials. And then we went there and helped them. We mixed the concrete. We helped sand the benches and we just helped out for like a week. We just did, we worked the entire time to help this church like have a tile floor, a real floor and real benches for their congregation. In the process of raising money, everybody who was going on the trip wrote to their churches and asked for funds. Will you support me on this mission? And here's mm-hmm. what we're doing. So I get a letter back because um, my the woman I was dating at the time was also going on this trip because we met at this church. Okay. So we wrote a letter, I think, collectively to the church mm-hmm. because we were both going on the trip. We both went to this church. And they said, this was their reply, if one of you stays home and doesn't go, we will give you money to go on this mission trip. Yeah, it was, uh, it had, it came with a, came Jeez. with a, um, so, so the your word I'm looking for. String attached? Yeah, string attached. Yeah. Came with a string attached. So your offer to help improve this church and put a floor in was not good enough because you were gay. Yeah, so they caught wind of us, I guess, as lesbians. I guess it's not like we broadcast it. You didn't have a mullet or anything. <laughs> I might have had a mullet. You had a mullet? <laughs> I might have. Jesus. It was like No wonder. They, it, it wasn't cuz they didn't like, want you to go cuz you were gay. It's cuz you had a mullet. I think it was 1989. <laughs> oh, we all we all had mullets then actually. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm old, Jelly. Yeah, raise your hand if you had a mullet in, in 1989. The <laughs> actually, raise your hand if you weren't even born yet. <laughs> You know, it's, it'd be so easy to have a mullet even just right now. Give me a pair of scissors and I can make a no, mullet. Don't do it. No. <laughs> don't, don't, no, that's not bad a good idea. Look. No. Yeah, so this church refused to give us, well, it was, it was contingent on one of us staying, staying back and not going. They had strings attached. So that no one in Mexico where you were helping would see that you were gay or, or what was the, I, um, they I just, mean, it's so lame. They wanted to control it. They're like, if <sighs> you, basically that's like saying, if you decide to not be gay, or, you know, they thought we were going to get involved in some sort of, I don't know, hanky-panky or something. We slept. First of all, really poor Mexican families put us up. They allowed us into their homes. We slept on hammocks along with a family, like, in the living room. And, like, the kids, mm-hmm. like, I think the kids normally slept on hammocks in the living room. But to give, to honor us, the whole family, parents and the kids crammed in one room. Mm-hmm. So we had the living room, essentially, dirt floor. The the um, mom of this family was so proud of what she had. She swept her dirt floor every day. Wow. They had chickens running around. Their their uh, kitchen was in the backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is this was the conditions, you know. we um, But it was an amazing time. It was an yeah. amazing week. We wrote back to our church mm-hmm. and said... You know what? We got this. We are going to figure out the funds on our own. Good for you. Uh, We don't need your money. Good. Yeah. We don't need your strings attached money. Did they try to get you to not go even if they were not paying for it? No, there's nothing they could do. Yeah. And we raised the money. We had the money and we were able to pay our way to do this trip and uh, screw them. We don't need their money. Screw the bigots. 
and the haters. Yeah. No, you don't tell me how to live and like, yeah, no, no, no. I don't need, I don't need your money that bad. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Gross, right? Totally gross. Yeah. So that's one other thing that made me just go, you know what? Religion. Mm. So were you like, before this happened, were you s- still sort of kind of ish believing even though you were oh, gay? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. For How sure. did you line that up? How did you believe in your religion, but also know you were gay and that it was okay? Or were you not sure it was okay at the time? I was slowly getting going in that direction that I believed it was okay because the love I felt for this other person felt so genuine to me Yeah, that I couldn't believe it was wrong. Right. It just felt right. It just felt so good. And unfortunately, she came to a different conclusion and I lost my girl to Jesus. Mm. So she got all super Jesus-y and decided she was straight? Yeah, she couldn't deal with it. I guess it was just too much guilt for her. I am sure that people in religions everywhere feel that. I know in Mormonism, so many gay people feel that guilt and they want to be righteous, righteous in quotations, and they want to be Mormon. And so they go against who they are and they go against all their feelings and the love they have for someone of the same sex and they get into heterosexual relationships thinking this is what needs to happen and their lives just suck. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't willing to to do that. Yeah. Whatever I, became of her? She's still living in Virginia Beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. She's she married. married. Yep. She's married. I think she has kids. Mm-hmm. I don't keep up with her. We were friends on Facebook for a while, but I think she unfriended me along the way, probably mm. because she didn't like what I was posting at times. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, when you lose someone to Jesus, you just, you can't, you can't compete. Yeah. You're like, damn, Jesus won again. (laughs) Jesus wins. Jesus, stop. I know he's so, he has better wine than you. I mean, there's (laughs) there's really no way to compete with Jesus. When you're hungry, he can take the fish. He can multiply. Yep. He can multiply the meals. He can give you wine. Yeah, I know. He's a great provider. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, man. That Jesus. That's pretty amazing. Jesus never eats, um. Just tangy, tangy chops. Tangy, tangy <laughs> chops. I bet if he came over, he would love our tangy chops. You know what? He would be grateful for it. That's true. He would probably bless it and it wouldn't be so tangy. Maybe not. Mm. We could just tell him it was a special sauce. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Although he'd probably know better. That's mm, true. I guess. If the whole thing is real, which I'm, just, I'm starting to think it's fake. Oh, wait. That's the wrong joke. That's the right joke at the wrong time. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good story about people being bigots. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> being asshole bigots. Yay for the asshole bigots. Yay. Nope. Thanks, organized religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to, if that's okay with you, get to the letter. Yeah. Why don't we take a little short break and then when we come back, we'll get to that letter. Why don't we do that? Perfect. Be back in a minute. So let me introduce this letter that we're going to read. This is from a patron named Lori Z. And she decided she finally needed to write a note to her mom about how she just can't do this anymore. Do what? Well, we will, we will see. So I'm going to read Mary, it. You want to read it? Read it? Sure. I'm going to read it. And then I will read the mother's response. Okay. That's always a pleasure when the moms respond. Lori says, Mom, I was planning on writing a more detailed letter that wasn't so angry. But since I don't seem to be moving quick enough for you... You can go ahead and hear all the anger now. Okay, here we go. Reasons I cannot and will not have a relationship with you. You raised me in a cult. Your cult groomed me to be sexually abused. Oh. Your cult made me feel guilty and as if I did something wrong. 
Your cult instilled such a deep amount of guilt and shame in me that to this day, it still paralyzes me. Your cult told me if I loved my child, I would give him up for adoption because all children deserve a mother and a father. Your cult protected and celebrated my abuser and still does. (sighs) Your cult never held him accountable, and you know that, and you did nothing. You let my dad call me by the wrong name for 40 years. What does that mean? Knowing the church never made him accountable, you still willingly and happily continued to attend, serve, support, and pay 10% of your income to the church, in quotes. To this day, you chose to defend and stand by the church, his church, over your own daughter. Not one person in our family has ever asked me why, why I left the church. What were my feelings? My well-being was never anyone's priority. We just didn't talk about it. What the fuck? She says, WTF. Now that I am finally doing some long overdue work around this and I'm finally assessing and feeling deeply buried anger, you feel it's necessary to print off a quote telling me to forgive and move on? Seriously? This is my pain to feel. For the love of God, let me feel it. Why is your first instinct to shut down my pain? You know, this reminds me of last week when uh, the troll was kind of like, get over it. Get over it. And that's what you've heard from some family members too. Oh, for sure. Get over it. For sure. It will absolutely never be okay with me that any of this went down. I'm not sure why you thought me reading those letters would make me feel any better. I feel like I want so much more background. I'm going to keep going. Mm -hmm. All it did was make me hurt more and realize how totally and completely brainwashed you would have to be to let this happen and to continue to turn a blind eye to all of the bullshit. Not only did you support their sick system, I was made to feel like I needed to support our entire family and all their brainwashing activities as they all joyfully dump tithing money into supporting a system that I truly believe really fucked me up. I have been made to feel like the crazy person who left the church when in all reality, it's the church that is crazy. Yep. Preach it, Lori. Mm -hmm. I always thought you were a strong feminist woman, but you're not. You live under the thumb of patriarchy, and even in your daughter's darkest hours of pain, you somehow made it okay. Well, guess what? It's not okay. She's like writing in all caps and lots of exclamation points Mm -hmm. at this point. I have thought on this for months, and there is no church, no club, no system or group in this entire world that I would put my allegiance to above my own daughter ever. 666 system. I absolutely cannot and will not have a relationship with you or the rest of our mind-melted Mormon family. This has been so painful and sad. I had held out hope that with some real information, you may actually see the truth, but I can see now that it's never going to happen. I have come to terms with that. I will always be grateful for the positive things you taught me, but lighting myself on fire to make you all comfortable is over with. And we heard that today. Mm -hmm. I'm moving on. This family, that church, so toxic for me, and I'm thoughtfully bowing out. I hope someday you will be able to realize the trauma and pain you have helped perpetuate and how completely heartbreaking it is for a daughter to feel her mom choose a bullshit religion over standing up for her daughter. You can relate to this. I can relate to that. You don't need to bother crafting up one of your silver-penned letters back to me. I mean, after all, I'm just an angry apostate. 
Why waste your time? Let's just call it good. Peace out. Lori, not Lori. Oh, so she spells it L-A-U-R-I-E, not L-O-R-I. Yeah, so I think her father... maybe it was her dad was just spelling her name wrong or saying it wrong. <laughs> what? Isn't that great? Didn't, so, wasn't he there when she was named, when she was an infant? I don't know. Huh. So, gosh, reading that, I can feel the hurt and the oh, pain yeah. and the frustration, and I get it. I get it. And her getting this all out, I'm sure she was in the back of her mind hoping for a some kind of a kind response. Just just something. I don't know. Just anything. I don't know. I think she was saying, please don't respond. Well, here's what the response from her mother was. Okay. And it's very lame. Her mom replies, as you choose, so it is. <laughs> we love you so much till we meet again. Love mom and dad. <sighs> well, that's really acknowledging everything that she wrote in the letter. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, oh my God. You know, she, she could have just put a line in there saying, I am so sorry that you were hurting. It's almost better to not write anything at all than just to brush over her yeah. her pain yeah. and just not even acknowledge it. Yeah. Just don't say anything. You're Ugh. not helping by pretending it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Till we meet again. By the way, that's a Mormon line. Is it? It's a song. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Damn, we could have used that for the fucked up Mormon phrase well, of the day. I don't know. I feel like I could figure that one out. You could. Anyway, Lori, I'm sorry. That sucks. That's horrible. I'm sorry for your pain. And I'm sorry that your mom sucks. And I'm sorry. Like, I hate that the Mormon church talks all about how, oh, we're about family. Family first. Family. Isn't it about time? Like, family, family, family. But the Mormon church divides family like crazy. Yeah. They're only family first if you're all Mormon. And even in that point, you're not because it's divisive anyway between the patriarchy, between how much time is invested away from your family, doing callings for the church. It's not about family. It's just not. Well, and it just sounds in this particular situation that there was abuse happening by potentially somebody in the church. Mm -hmm. We don't know all the information, but her family, it looks like they ignored it. Yeah. Well, that's how you do it. You sweep it under the rug. You don't want anyone to know that you're not the perfect Mormon family. You sure don't want to stir stuff up. You are sure as hell not going to call the cops. You just don't. It's this hush, hush, keep it, it on under wraps. It's kind of crazy. It reminds me of that movie we watched, that documentary we watched on Netflix. Which one? Wasn't it Abducted in Plain Sight? Oh, Is that what God. it was called? Have you guys seen that? I'm sure most of you Is have. Is that what it's called? Yes, Abducted in Plain Sight. And <sighs> they don't go into a lot of detail in the documentary about how they're Mormons, but you can read up on it. Mm-hmm. And they are Mormons. Of course they and are. And this family, I don't want to give too much away because you really should watch it. It's crazy. This family allowed their daughter to be abducted twice mm-hmm. by the same guy. And he was in the church, and it's insane what they allowed because they didn't want anyone to know what was going on. Yeah. They wanted it to all look, you know, nothing nothing to see here. Yeah, not to spoil if you guys haven't watched it, but just part of it is that there is some sexual things going on between this abductor and the adults, yeah. the, oh, the mother whole and father. yeah. But he he abducts the daughter once, but then he goes and abducts her again. Marries her in Mexico. Yeah. The mother and father do not report it until she's been missing for like a week because yeah. they said, well, you know, we didn't want it getting out that she was abducted again. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want to risk him telling about what had gone on. So they didn't want to risk their good name. Right. And so they picked themselves over their daughter. Yeah, they sure did. 
I would guess that a lot of our listeners can think of a time in their family where their parents picked the church over them. Yeah. Because it happened to me all the time. Right. All the time. And how did that make you feel, Shelley? Horrible. It made me feel horrible. It made me feel like no one listened. It made me feel like I didn't matter. It made me feel like no one would stand up for me. And it just made me feel like shit. It made me feel small yeah, and helpless and weak. Well, and it probably is why you are still looking for outside approval to this day. Yeah. Because you never got it. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. Wow. <sighs> so I've been holding off on talking about this for a while, but I'm going to go ahead and go there. And let me say first, because here I go wanting to defend people. My parents are for sure trying harder. Yes. There has been improvements in the relationship, but I've also decided I can't just ignore the hurtful things that have happened because this is part of my story. This is why I'm damaged. This is why I'm needing to heal. You know, this Mm -hmm. is why I'm telling my story. If If I only talked about when people treated me right, no one would relate. You know, there wouldn't be this group healing of people no. with common experiences. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're going to talk. Just tell it, lay it out there. So last October, my parents came out to visit and they were on their way to go on a cruise. And um, my dad is very strong willed, very opinionated, very thinks he's right about everything. He's was climbing the ladder of Mormonism, he got as high as mission president. Uh, He also climbed the ladder in the military. He was always in charge of whatever military base or whatever. He was always in charge. So I think that is not helpful (laughs) for someone to think that they're always right. Mm -hmm. For someone who is always in charge and always right. You add to that the patriarchy. You add to that that he has the priesthood. You add to that that my mom has no voice. He needs to tell her what to do, how to do it. Well, every guy has a priesthood, right? Well, technically they can, yeah. He's also very right-wing mm-hmm. and very vocal about it. He listens to Fox News all the time. And listen, I give everyone, everyone has the right to believe what they want to believe. Sure. And I think... And we are not a political podcast. No, not at all. We, we will never go into politics. Don't need it. I'm just, I don't want you guys to think that I'm like anti-conservative, anti-liberal, because I'm not. I am pro... Believe what you want, but be willing to listen to others' mm-hmm. opinions as well. And there are lots of podcasts out there that are politically based, if that's what you're into. Yeah, just not us. Yeah. I just, my dad's very vocal about it and very small-minded about it and very condescending about it, which is what I don't like. I don't care what your political stance is if you are also a kind person and willing to listen. Mm-hmm. What I don't like in my family is the political stance where they then make fun of anyone who doesn't agree. Sure. I don't, I don't like that. No. Uh, everyone has their own life experience, and that's what where they come to believe things. So, having said that, my dad, very, very conservative. Very opinionated. Very opinionated. Hated Obama. Call, called him Obummer. That Muslim <laughs> Obummer. I mean, just has to always say shit. God. So, they were out visiting. I mean, it's kind of a clever name, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> no, and I'm sure he didn't come up with it. I'm sure he heard it from someone else and then just started just using it. So stupid. So they're out visiting and they're talking about this cruise that they're going to go on. And my mom had mentioned that one of her sisters and husband were not going to go. And I said, oh, that's too bad. Why aren't they going? Because it was going to be a cruise with my mom and all of her sisters and their spouses. Okay. And my mom said something like, oh, health problems or something. I don't know what she said. And my dad said, the truth of the matter is that they, the couple who are not going, are staunch conservatives. 
and they don't get along with this other couple that's going that are stupid Democrats. Okay. And I just got upset. I said, I said, Dad, why can't that be staunch Republican and staunch Democrat? Mm-hmm. Everyone just is believing firmly what they believe because Democrats are stupid. That's okay. what he said. And I said, no, Dad, just because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean that they're stupid. They just think differently than you. Well, they are stupid. Democrats are the reason the world is blah, you know, just starts like blah, blah, blah. And I said, Dad, you're insulting like half of America when mm-hmm. you call one political party stupid. You insulted half and you're insulting mom's family. Like, why would you say that? That's just rude. Don't be rude. And then my mom kind of jumped in and was like, oh, Terry, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, that it sort of ended. A few minutes later... My mom and I were sitting at the kitchen table and we were chatting and, and she was asking me some things and, and I said, mom, could I talk to you about some stuff? And she said, sure. And we were actually sitting there having a decent conversation about my experiences being raised as a girl in the church. And I was trying to explain to her how hard it was for me. She said, you know, the church is true but some of the members, or no, the church is perfect, but the mem- some members are not perfect. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and so they can do bad things. I said, Mom, the reason that members can do bad things is because of the hierarchy in the church. So, and then I went into about how these one-on-one interviews behind closed doors, these worthiness interviews that we've talked about before, where it's the bishop who's like an old dude asks sexually explicit questions to teenagers. Right. And you were telling her this, right? Yes. And I was explaining this to her. And then I talked about how Sam Young was excommunicated because he was trying to get this practice to stop and they didn't want to hear it. And they kicked him out of the church. Well, she, did she not know about these interviews taking place? Here's the thing. She just shuts down. Okay. And my mom doesn't know a lot. So she just shuts down. So I'm trying to, to talk to her about this. And my dad was right around the corner and he heard me talking about this and he came around the corner. I'm having a conversation. I'm in tears talking to my mom about experiences that I've had that that was hard. And my mom is in tears and she's trying so hard to listen to me and understand. And my dad comes around the corner and he said, "Uh, uh, so Shelly, what are the kids up to? He just interrupts. He's interrupted completely. And I said, "Uh, I'm having a conversation with mom right now. Uh, You know, this is is very important. What, What are the kids, what are the kids up to? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, the kids are, are, are fine. I don't know why you're interrupting me. Well, right. this is very important what we have to talk about. I said, Dad, what is so important that you and I need to talk about? Uh-huh. Well, what are the kids' plans? Are they going to college? Are they? I said, Dad, that is not important right now. You're just trying to interrupt my conversation with Mom. Yeah. So here's my dad. He can't handle anyone saying anything against the church. And he's right. going to butt in and stop the conversation in our house. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom actually connecting on some level and her listening, and he's got to come in and shut that shit down. Shut it down. He's got to control that shit. Like, uh-uh. Yeah. Yep. I said it was rude. I didn't appreciate it, and he was not going to interrupt me. Which, by the way, me standing up to my dad like that, I never did that right. growing up. No, yeah, no, 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 no. new no. for you. Oh, so new for me. He couldn't handle it. He got pissed, and he left. He just walked out. Yeah, he like left. He went out the front door yeah, and took a walk. Yeah, out the front walk, door, right? took a walk. Like, he had to cool yeah. down. yeah. He didn't like being stood up to. He didn't like it. He didn't nope. like his daughter calling him out. <laughs> no nope. one talks bad to Terry Johnson, the patriarch. Yeah. So he came back a little while later, and um, my mom and I were still talking about the same issues. I was still sharing with her problems that I had had and the things I had gone through, and she was kindly listening. My dad came in, pulled up a chair, and sat down on the table. 
And he said, oh, we need to talk about some things. And so I was maybe hoping that this was going to be now an open conversation about what's going on. And he said, uh, you know, we need to let you know where we're standing as far as our finances and our retirement. I'm like, oh, God. So I rolled my eyes. Okay, Dad, go. What do you need to tell me? Uh-huh. So, of course, he told me, like, where their stock but was But hasn't located. he told you this before? A thousand times. Okay. A thousand times. He's That's just, what I thought. He's just trying to stop the conversation yeah, with my mom. he sure is. So I listened to the ridiculousness, and then in my mind, I was like, I just, I just need to find a way to connect with my dad. I need to find a way. And when he was done telling me about all of his life insurance and stocks and bonds, I said, so dad, what's, I'm wondering, what is it like being your age? You know, you're, you're retired. There's probably things you miss about being younger, but there's probably things that are really great about being your age. Like what, what's it like? What do you love about being your age? And so he said, um, well, you know, we, we have plenty of time to give to people to serve and we have friends all over the world, dear, dear friends. It's great because we can travel because of my military retirement, which, by the way, almost went away because of this. And I'll say it again, stupid Democrats trying to destroy the military. Okay. And I said, Dad, why? Why would you say that? Yeah. I ju- we just had a conversation and I asked you not to say that in my house. Why? There's no need. And well, they are stupid. And I said, how are they stupid, Dad? Just because they don't agree with you. And he said, Obama is the most evil man ever to be born. Wow. And I said, oh, well. Worse hmm. than Hitler. Yeah, I said, well, here's some choices. We've got Hitler. Yeah. We've got Stalin. I mean, there's lots of choices. And then he said, Obama single-handedly almost destroyed the military. Okay. And I said, really, Dad? How do you even know that? How can you hate him so much, Dad? You don't even know him. Uh You've never had lunch with him. He's probably a really nice guy. You just happen to disagree politically, but he's a husband, he's a dad, mm-hmm. he's not an evil person. Why, why would you hate someone that you don't even know? And it started to get a little heated and my mom was like, oh, you guys, you guys. Mm-hmm. And so then my mom, trying to calm things, she said, well, what are some of your memories of being young and growing up in our family? And that's just not <laughs> something don't go there, mom. to ask me because I was already com- telling her about how it was rough for me. And so I said, you know, it was hard for me being the only girl in such a patriarchal household. It was, it was rough. Yeah. And I, I, I'm moving through that. I'm healing. I'm in therapy. I'm getting through it. I don't want to just sit in it forever. Um, but one thing that does still hurt, and I'm trying to get through it, is that I know that even if you guys were able to raise me all over again, start from zero and do it all over again, yeah. you would still raise me exactly the same way, mm-hmm. even knowing how much it damaged me sure, because of your beliefs. Yeah. And my dad said, I don't believe the church is true. I know the church is true. Oh, God. And I just kind of shrunk. I said, dad, nobody knows anything oh, I know the church is true because of experiences I've had. And I've said, really, Dad? Because the Baptist minister down the road knows the church is true. Mm-hmm. And the Islamic jihadists who are blowing up women, women and children know their church is true. Sure. Everyone knows. Well, no, I know. I said, Dad, everybody knows. Everyone thinks that their church is true. Yeah. Everyone knows that. No one actually knows. Well, I do know. And I just kind of rolled my eyes. It's hard my, to argue with that. I mean, yeah, like, he, okay, well, yeah. then you know, whatever. And so yeah. my mom changed the subject and that was that. And they left. And it took me a few hours after they left to realize how hurt I was by his behavior. A, being an asshole. B, just steamrolling me when I'm trying to talk to my mom. Just bullying me and not letting me say what I needed to say. 
like I felt like that stupid little kid again. Mm-hmm. And that I hate I hate that. Like I'm fucking 44. Yeah. Don't how is it that you still make me feel like the stupid little girl in the family? Mm. And it's a tough one. It was. I was I cried. I was upset. They left for their cruise and my dad calls me all the time just to tell me about his plans. And I just, it's, it's old. He never calls and asks me anything personal about me, Yeah, uh, which is hurtful. And so he kept calling while they were on their cruise and I just didn't answer. I, I didn't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I was so hurt. And so he kept calling and calling and then he kept leaving messages that got more and more tense, more and more mean, like, Wow, well, your your phone must be broken. You're not answering. Yeah. Oh, well, your voice box message says leave a message and you'll call us back. Well, you're you're not. You haven't called back. You know, must be a lie. Just Well, and he'll call like 10 times a day. Oh god, yes. If you don't answer the first time, you 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 better be ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he might be a little OCD. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Finally, I, I was talking to Mary. Wait, talking this to one? you. I was talking to you. Huh. Sweetie. Hi. Hmm. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think I'm ready to stand up to my dad and tell him how he hurt me. So the next time he calls, I am going to tell him how he hurt me. And Mary's like, good for you. So sure enough, probably in the next three minutes he called because at this point he was calling <laughs> constantly trying to force me to answer the phone. Yeah. And I answered the phone and he said how he always does. Well, hey, Shelly, your, your ringer must be broken. We've been trying to call. Like he says <laughs> it every time. <laughs> yeah. And Hilarious, he just instantly started in on talking about the cruise. And I lost my backbone. You know, I just lo- I, I lost my spine. I yeah. was too chicken to, to tell him how he'd hurt me. And I sat there and listened and blah, blah, blah. And then we got off the phone and I just cried. I cried because I felt like I let myself down. Like I didn't stand because up for myself. Because you couldn't tell him yeah. how you felt yeah. in that moment. And I called you. You remember me calling you? Yeah. And I just, you were like, what's wrong? And I was crying. And I said, I couldn't do it. I, I, I'm spineless. Like I couldn't stand up to my dad. Did I have some sage advice? At I'm that sure moment? you did. I think I was blubbering too loudly. I, I probably couldn't hear it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I'm sure you said something like, "Oh, sweetie, I love you." And did I, I said, "Did I say maybe write him a letter?" <laughs> I, you probably did. And then I said, "Please come home and hug me." And oh, you did, because yeah. you you do you hug me when I'm having a rough time, which is daily. Oh, <laughs> not, not daily. daily. I know, but you're great. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Should we go make out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's our answer for everything. Uh, let's go make out. Okay, it's all better. <laughs> so with your advice, I decided to write my dad a letter. Well, it's one of those things, and it's really not my advice. It's therapist advice. It's like, you can write a letter and never send it. I mean, that is an option if you mm-hmm. want to, you know, get your feelings out about your past or wh- whatever, who yeah. to whomever. You can always do that and send it or not. It's always a great way to like just name your feelings, get them on paper, Review it, read it as much as you want, edit it as much as you want. Yeah. It's just a good exercise for getting it out there. Yeah. This isn't new. I didn't invent that. You didn't? <laughs> no. I thought you are all smart and shit. I've been to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you did actually send the letter. I did. So I'm going to, um, in conclusion, I will read the letter and we're going to leave a cliffhanger because oh. we're probably running out of time and we will cliffhang. Okay. Uh, to get my parents' response. So here's my letter. Hey, mom and dad, I need to address something with you. The reason I haven't been answering my phone for the past couple of weeks actually isn't because I'm too busy. It's because I'm still very hurt because of things dad said when you were out here last time. Dad, it isn't okay for you to try to interrupt my conversation with mom or with anyone for that matter just because you don't like what I'm saying. 
And mom, it's not okay for you to sit there and say nothing to dad while he is interrupting me and bullying me and being overall disrespectful. Dad, I'm tired of you dismissing my feelings and you trying to steamroll me with your agenda. Mom, I am tired of watching you sit back quietly while dad treats me so poorly. No one has stood up for me for most of my life and so I am standing up for myself. Dad, when I was telling you both about how much being raised in Mormonism damaged me, hurt me to my core, abused me, that was not an easy thing for me to do. I was being vulnerable and opening up to my parents. I was hoping to somehow get some understanding from you of how horrible the Mormon church has made me feel about myself my entire life and how it has damaged me in so many different painful ways. I just wanted a heartfelt, I'm sorry, from my parents who chose to raise me that way because of their beliefs. And instead, I got the biggest slap in the face. Dad, you said, I don't believe the church is true. I know the church is true. Dad, you couldn't have said anything worse to me in that moment. You basically said, you don't care about my pain and trauma. You don't care to hear about the abuse I suffered. The church comes first, your daughter comes last. I cried about that for a while after you left. You actually don't care. And mom, you do care, but you are too beaten down by the patriarchy that you will never stand up for your daughter. Talking on the phone with you is slightly traumatic every time because we only talk about the weather or what the kids did last week. I need to connect emotionally with my family and you are unavailable to me in that way because you don't want to hear about my hurt and struggles. So every time we get off the phone, I'm saddened by the fact that all I can talk about with my parents is the weather. I need people in my life who uplift me, not bring me down. So unless you would like to address this, I don't see any point in you continuing to call me every day when it only makes me sad and reminding me that my relationship with my parents just hurts. If you want to pursue an actual meaningful relationship with me, I would welcome it. I would love it, but you can't continue to dismiss and ignore me. I won't put up with it anymore. Love, Shelly. Wow. What was, I, I sent that yeah, shit. Yeah, you did send I that. I sent it and then I freaked out, but I sent it. <laughs> what was that like sending that? Scared shitless. Scared, but I still, I was worried that I was going to hurt them with my words. I was concerned that them reading that would hurt them and I felt bad. Wow. I felt bad that I was sending that, but also felt I needed to send it. You have learned your entire life to worry about other people's feelings before your own. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, teaser for next week, we will talk about how long it took for my dad to reply. What happened between them receiving the letter and my dad actually talking to me Yeah, um, and conversations with my mom in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. What is it about family dynamics that as soon as you're around your family, you could be strong for, you know, months and months, however long it takes between visits. And then you get around your family and it's like you're this little kid again. What is that? Why does that happen? I don't know. I'm so afraid of hurting my family. I don't know what it is. It breaks my heart to think that I'm making my parents sad or that I'm hurting them. Like, it doesn't feel good. I don't enjoy it. It's a a hard balance of um, standing up for myself and allowing that to actually hurt my parents. I can't control how they take things, but it sucks for me. In my mind, I was picturing my dad reading that and crying, and I just was doubled over in, in hurt. Wow. I don't want to hurt anyone. I know you don't, but standing up for yourself is actually not hurting you. For the first time, you are not hurting yourself by allowing this stuff. And when you're a kid, you don't have a choice. It just happens, and, and you don't have a say in how things go. As an adult, 
You get to decide what you allow into your life and what you don't and what behaviors you will tolerate and what you will not. And standing up for you, what did our friend Kimberly A., thank you, Kimberly, say today? Don't light yourself on fire to warm others. And I think we referenced that in the letter we we read. Yeah, Lori did. Lori did, did. too. She's awesome. Yeah, that is so true. You can't keep upholding other people and worrying about them to the detriment of yourself. That's so hard for me. I've been wanting to tell my my parents how they've made me feel for years. Even when I was still Mormon, very Mormon, there were things that happened growing up that they knew about that I wanted to tell them, hey, this hurt me. You never stopped this from happening. This is not okay. But it, I was afraid that it would hurt them. And so I didn't say anything. Yeah, I know. JR, I need therapy. Okay, you say that every week <laughs> and you don't call him up. <laughs> ah, I know. I love him, by the way. I need to get in. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's 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 good. Whether you were struggling in the moment or just kind of having ups and downs, therapy is always good. Of course it is. Yeah, it's hard for me to stand up for myself. Yeah. So I read this self, I was um, in the 90s, I went through a big self-help phase and I read a lot of books and one of them was called The Dance of Anger and it was the same, it was a companion book to like The Dance of Intimacy, I think it was called. And the idea was you learn these dance steps with people in your life, family members, friends, whatever, people you're close to. And you may decide at some point, you know what, this dance doesn't work for me anymore. It's not working. So you want to change the dance steps. But the, your partner, your dance partner is like, no, 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 uh-uh. No, we're not changing that. And they try to grab you tighter. Yeah, they up their game trying yeah, to keep you in. Yeah, trying to keep yeah. you stuck in this routine when you are trying to change things and do what's right for you and set yep. boundaries and not allow yourself to get thrown back into that weird position of being like a 10-year-old in your house, you know, and like when you're visiting your family. You want to yeah. like guard against that somehow. Yeah. You know, and the, so you change up the dance steps to yep. try to change, try to do a new move uh, in these relationships and, and people will try to like keep you stuck mm-hmm. in the same patterns because they don't want change. Mm-hmm. It worked fine for them. Mm-hmm. Your dad being able to control your actions and your words has worked great for him. Oh, for sure. He doesn't want to change that. And I feel like my dad's not a horrible human being. He just is very controlling and very opinionated and very brainwashed. Mm -hmm. And he feels like it's his responsibility to keep his family in the boat, keep them Mormon. Yep. And so when I was leaving Mormonism, he grabbed even tighter. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just was his reaction. And I love my dad. I don't love all the things that he does. I don't necessarily love the way he treats me sometimes. Again, he has gotten a lot better in the last month, two months. And I appreciate that. I love him. But that was a hard time for me when he was just really being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's tough for these um, controlling parents or mm-hmm. spouses or whatever your situation is. Yep. People that want to keep you locked into a particular pattern. Yeah. Keep you locked into a certain way of being. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough for everybody. It is. But, but break out, baby. Mm-hmm. Do it. Are you thinking it might not all be real? Like, what do we need to... <laughs> what, Mormonism? Mm, <laughs> yeah. It kind of goes without saying now that it's complete bullshit. Let's finish up with, I wanted to share this slightly funny, but slightly ridiculous and sad all at the same time. So here is Senator Mike Lee, Republican from Utah. 
I, it's hard for me to believe that people like this can get elected and that people will take him at all seriously. This is effing ridiculous. So This happened when? This is today, today, I believe. Okay. And they're talking about climate change. What do we do about climate change? Yeah. Right? And this is in the, in the Senate. In the U.S. Senate, Senator Mike Lee, Republican from Utah, and they're going over this this Green New Deal. It's a, it's a okay. I don't know anything about that, but it's about yeah, climate know. change. And he says, this is the real solution to climate change. Let's hear it. Babies. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Uh, he said that shit. <laughs> the, on the Senate on floor. the Senate floor. I don't know how they didn't like how does, Mike. Like, like, bro. How is that a solution? Let's increase our carbon footprint. And the fact that he sounds so Mormon when he says that. Mm-hmm. If you listen, you can find this clip online anywhere, but he's so obviously Mormon the way he's talking about things and families and blah, blah, blah. And we don't, we don't need this bill. We need to focus on families. And the real solution is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. But the fact that he Sounds said— like a great solution. I know. At all times and in all places. That's a Mormon thing. That all, expression? Yes. At all times and in all places. That's found in the Young Women's Oath. We it's, should have saved that for fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Sorry. Man. Anyway, you Utah listeners, what the fuck? How do these people <laughs> get elected? It's wacky. It's wacky. And and whether you believe in, in climate change or not is actually not even the point here. The point is that someone see, thinks that a solution to climate change, whether it's a problem or not, is to get married and have kids. The fuck? The only thing that solves is if you have a population decline. Then that's a great solution. Well, so the opposite would be to get married and have kids. <laughs> Make more Mormons. Yeah, that's really what Mormons want. Mm-hmm. More Mormons. Jesus. Taking over. Mm-hmm. Let's well, this, stop it. Stop it now. Well, this... Uh, We're helping well, stop it. Yeah. Well, I'm not having any more kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a little tapped out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I you think my to... eggs are rotten at this point. They, they might be tangy eggs. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a great note to leave on. We're going to just leave you with that. Sorry. That nice visual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should we go think about having dinner? Yes. Let's do that. Okay, we're going to go do that. And not eat tangy eggs. Mm-mm. Ew. Mm-mm. Uh, and until next time, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>